coming up on the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I talk all the time about a, uh, a phrase that I, that I call accountability anchor points. And you want to, in the health space, in the weight loss space, people hear accountability and they envision Jillian Michaels screaming at them on a treadmill, you know? Right. And that's not what I view accountability as. I see accountability as people like Brian and I being your biggest cheerleader, being your support, like that rock of support, saying borrow our energy until you build up your own. And we're going to be there to hold you accountable, not to tap in our toe. Why haven't you lost 50 pounds yet? That's not accountability. We're going to hold you accountable to doing what it takes. Hello, and welcome to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I'm Brian Grin, and I'm here to give you actionable tips to get your body back to what it once was 5, 10, even 15 years ago. Each week, I'll give you an in-depth interview with a health expert from around the world to cut through the fluff and get you long-term sustainable results. This week, I interviewed Adam Shibley, aka the PhD, the previously heavy dude. He hit rock bottom in his life when he weighed about 327 pounds. He then went on his own 100-pound weight loss journey, and as he was on this journey, he decided to inspire his hometown to join him. He started a gym, a boot camp program, and helped his hometown lose over 35,000 pounds in five years. So on this episode, we're going to talk about his health journey, how he lost over 100 pounds, uh, his dietary changes, his intermittent fasting schedule, um, how he's been able to keep the weight off, and much, much more. I know you're really going to enjoy this episode. Um, tons of great tips, and thanks so much for listening. All right. Welcome to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. This is Brian Grin, and my guest today is Adam Shibley, and uh, he's a podcaster, coach, and author, and welcome to the show. Brian, I'm excited, and congrats on successfully pronouncing my last name. It's a, it's a, a, a torturous thing in the podcasting world, and it's been messed up so many different ways, uh, but no, man, I'm really excited to be here. I'm excited about your new show. I think you're uh, serving an audience that needs to be served, and you're doing it well, Ben. Well, I appreciate it. And you've been a big help. And we're going to talk about some of the services that you provide. And before I guess we get into that, I know you have a great journey and a story um, regarding you losing, what, over 100 pounds. Um, and I'd love to hear sort of how that, uh, that happened, actually. <laughs> yeah, well, my, uh, my journey as a podcaster, my journey as an entrepreneur, and my journey with my health are all kind of intertwined. So it, it's, yeah. It's interesting, but back in 2007, to kind of paint the picture for all you guys out there in podcast land, back in the land of 2007, uh, in, the, in the age of the DVD, yeah. I, was, uh, I was 327 pounds. So yeah. like I just was kind of what I refer to as a crap magnet. Like not a whole lot was going well in my life. How I, old were you when you were? I was 27. 27. So okay. 27 years old, 327 pounds. Uh, $40,000 in credit card debt, stupid stuff, like just mm. doing dumb stuff, uh, not happy with my work, not happy with my relationships, just a lot of not good stuff happening. And uh, my friends kept on trying to help me out. Like they're like, you know, let's help a brother out there. One of them had me borrow a DVD called The Secret, The Law of Attraction. And I pretended to watch it and I gave it back. I was like, oh, that was awesome. I don't need this crap. And uh, so I pretended to watch it, gave it back. Two weeks later, another friend gave it to me. This is like when the secret DVD came out and everybody oh, was yeah. all about it. I got it. And it was sitting on my DVD player collecting dust. And I remember I had just gotten back from the grocery store. I was like, 
I was sweating at the groceries. I wasn't sure if I was going to have to have room on my credit card to like my 25th credit card to pay mm-hmm. for the groceries. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta figure something out. And that DVD was just kind of sitting there staring at me. So I listened to it. I watch it. And that was my first ever dose of personal growth material. Wow. Like I wasn't reading any books. I'd read the sports illustrated swimsuit edition. That was about it. That's about all my reading material I had. I sat down and it just lit me up. It was like somebody flipped the light switch for the first time. And I was, I'm not a big, like woo woo spiritual guy. Right. But it made me feel like I could control my destiny for the first time in my life. I was going with the rhythm of the world. I was going like, you know, I just felt, I was kind of just going with the flow. Like people always say, I'm just going with the flow. Like, I don't think going with the flow is necessarily a good thing. Like I want to start paddling and steering the direction of my boat. Right. So I watched this, it lights me up and I sit down that night and I map out what I want to create in my life over the next five years. Mm. And I create a series of affirmations. I make a, a commitment to read these, but I also made a commitment to actions. You can't spell attraction without action. I feel like that's very important when you're talking about the secret, the law of attraction, all the woo-woo stuff. I'm like, I'm not sitting in my pod bunker to hear just being like, I'm going to be skinny. I feel skinny. I'm, I'm attracting skinniness into my life. Right. Uh, no, uh, I'm reading my affirmations. I'm believing it. I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm firing myself up. And then I go out into the day and I look for opportunity to take action. Then at the end of the day, read them again and ask myself the question for accountability. Did I do anything? Did I make progress in any of these areas? Not all of them, but any of them. And if the answer is no, I had to do something before I went to bed. So I could do a little workout. I could send an email. I could read something, but every day, just a little bit, not, not totally accomplishing everything every day, but just a little bit. So I did that for five years, That's July, five years. July 12th, yeah. 2007 to July, actually it was July 19th, 2012, I crossed off the last thing. That's when I opened my 8,000 square foot gym in my hometown with 30 employees and 100 people waiting for me at uh, 6 a.m. in the morning. But over that five years, I lost over 100 pounds. I helped 15 different people in my hometown lose over 100 pounds. I helped my hometown overall lose 35,000 pounds in that five years, created a business, launched this boot camp, fell in love, got married, started a family, erased all my debt. And it's not because I sat in my basement thinking about it. It's because I acted upon it relentlessly and implemented ferociously for five years and my life completely changed. So that's, that's the big, you know, transformation story. Yeah, that's quite the story. What was your, I would say, what was like your biggest why? You know, we always say you sort of need a why to drive you. Well, I know obviously you were overweight, but was there anything else that you were like, because it obviously just clicked and sometimes it doesn't click right away for everybody, you know? Well, the thing for me that initially lit me up mm. and it took me a while to figure this out, Brian, but, like, but I've definitely been solidifying this. The more I tell this story is that that initial feeling like I reclaimed control over the, the rhythm of my life. That was huge. Nobody likes feeling out of control. Like even, the people that take those personality tests and they're like, I'm a free thinker and I, I never plan anything. I don't like having schedules. Even those people don't like feeling out of control, you know? Right. And so that first moment of I'm going to make out a plan. Here's where I want to get to. And here's what I'm going to do to get to it. And I'm just going to take action. I'm going to show up for myself every day. And that initial surge of I can actually put my hands on the steering wheel and drive now instead of just pedal to the metal hope this goes well <laughs> mentality. That was huge. That, just the, the, the thought 
of, okay, now I'm in control. I can do something about it. That was huge for me. And that was the thing that really leveled up my why in the beginning. Okay. And, and I think you made a good point earlier saying that, you know, you just did something every day to move towards that goal. It's not about being perfect. And, uh, you know, even if you don't check off all the boxes every day, at least you just did something to move you forward. Yeah. Yeah. And just a little bit, we, especially people on a health journey, especially people on a weight loss journey, we, we get in our heads and we kind of magically erase all the time that it took for us to get in an unhealthy position. Like, Oh, it took me, 40 years to, to get here, but we forget about that. We want to lose it all in one day. Like oh, I've been more, I worked out today. Well, what's the deal? I, I'm not weighing any less than yesterday. I work, right. you know, and it's just, we get in our head about it. But if, if you can, you know, we can talk about the scale all day long and like the right. negativity and how we get in our head about that. But if you can kind of put that to the side, see the scale as just a data point as like you would, ne- you would never change your plan. If you're working with Brian and he has you do a push-up test every week and one week you do one less push-up than the previous week, you're not gonna be like, ah, screw this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna do this anymore. This obviously isn't working. It's just a data point. Same thing with the scale, same thing with your measurements. But if you can show up consistently over time, yeah. that's the magic supplement. That's the magic recipe. That's the magic workout is consistency and just do a little bit over a long period of time like it took me five years to lose a hundred pounds. It didn't take me a day. It didn't right. take me a week. And it's not like, Oh, it took me five years. What a loser. Like, it's like, I've lost five, you know, over a hundred pounds and I've kept it off for years and years and years, like right. from 2012 to 2020 when we're doing this interview. And that's the key thing. It's, it's that consistency over time. It leaves the long time, long-term results. Right. And it's all about just getting those little wins. If, right. I mean, like, just little small little things. It's in, and like you said, like, um, it's not about, um, how can I say this? Um, so I think people get discouraged, um, early on. And like, I, I, I coach some people with fasting and things like that. And uh, I always teach you want to sort of ease your way into it. Just do the little wins, push, maybe push your meal back a little bit at a time instead of oh, going cold Turkey. I got to fast a whole day <laughs> you know? yeah. and expect results or things like that. Um, did you have a coach or help did like, um, and, and, um, we'll get into your sort of your dietary changes, which I'm assuming was probably the majority of the reason why you got there. Um, but what, did you have any help? Like, uh, anyone that held you accountable? I had like my gym bros, you know, <laughs> like people that would just meet up and hold me accountable to showing up and, and doing cardio, doing my, our strength training, things like that. Right. But no official coach. I had great mentors, like the yeah. owners of the gym that I was at. I could ask them anything. They would mentor me. Um, just people around. Well, that having community. a workout partner in itself is, a, is an accountability partner. I always say it's great to do things. I mean, it's okay to do things by yourself, but it's great to do something with someone else, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a saying, and, I, and I, I get it right about 12% of the time, but it's <laughs> what we, uh, if you, if you, Speak a goal, that's like one way to level up something that you have. But if you speak a goal and you're held accountable to it, then that, you know, is, is levels things up ext- extraordinarily. So it, that's not even close to what the actual quote is, but it's, it's along those lines. But if right. you, you've got a goal, there's a chance, but the chance increases if you're being held accountable to it. And I, I talk all the time about a, uh, a phrase that I, that I call accountability anchor points. And you want to, in the health space, in the weight loss space, 
people hear accountability and they envision Jillian Michaels screaming at them uh, on a treadmill, you know, and that's not what I view accountability as. I see accountability as people like Brian and I being your biggest cheerleader, being your support, like that rock of support saying, borrow our energy until you build up your own. And we're going to be there to hold you accountable, not to tap in our toe. Why haven't you lost 50 pounds yet? That's not accountability. We're going to hold you accountable to doing what it takes to lose 50 pounds. That's the key thing. And you look for that. You don't run away from it. Right. No, I agree. And I guess maybe speak on what changes you made dietary, uh, what dietary changes you made um, that made the biggest difference. Well, for me, like you mentioned it earlier, Brian, about just small changes. Uh, like my, my initial phase of my diet was let's drink more water let's not drink beer and let's uh, sweat every day. So that was like my, my nutrition and, yeah, and, and fitness routine yeah. or water, no beer, sweat every day. I got under 300 pounds doing that. Like that was the first 30 pounds. And the funny thing about weighing over 300 pounds and being a dude like I, like I was, am um, like I was convinced I have pictures too that, that are hilarious. Cause I was like, if I just get under 300, I'm going to be ripped. Like, I'm just like, yeah. I know I'm going to have the abs. And I took pictures and I was like, you seem like I'm trying to like get the, the lighting right and everything. I'm like, ah, I think I see a, an ab in there, but no, um, <laughs> still, still fat. Uh, but, yeah. but that got me my initial phase. Then I started focusing more on whole foods. So it mm-hmm. was water, no beer, whole foods, sweat. Then I started manipulating like macros and carbs a little bit. And that's kind of it, man. I lost hundred pounds, five years of that, you know, I, intermittent fasting and keto wasn't even really a thing. Like it was around, but it wasn't like a, like it is now. Right. Um, and like, those are things that I do now to, to optimize. And I'm really big. If, if I could wave a magic wand in the health space and eliminate one mindset or one thing, I would eliminate the campiness of team keto versus team mm. vegan and, you know, team, intermittent fasting versus team I eat every 30 minutes. It's like, (laughs) I feel like we're all on the same side of the battle against disease and obesity. And we have to quit yelling at each other, trying to argue about who's the most correct. Like we're all correct. Like I I did an episode trying to find the through line of, you know, because we can all claim results. Everybody on every team, like keto has hundred pound weight loss, people, amazing physiques. Vegan, same thing. Intermittent fasting, same thing. Weight Watchers, same thing. Like we're across the board. You, you see those results. So what are the common, where's the common ground at? Where's the threat? Yeah. That's where we need to focus on. And it's more, in my opinion, about what we aren't putting in our body yeah. than what we are and the timing. And maybe if you intermittent fast, you're 5% more optimized. But if you're stressed out about that and you just crap out on your diet every, every other week, it's not going to make any difference anyway. Yeah, I agree. We're all trying to accomplish the same goal. And there's, I, I don't think there's a reason to take like one side or the other. And um, like for myself, I was on one side, I was more like, not, I wasn't a vegan, but I was like a pescatarian and went that route for a while and sort of just, you know, I was switched my tune and got a little, little more into just like, not like full on carnivore, but just like carnivore ish. And I just felt like I needed that protein and uh, I just wasn't getting it from um, other sources of, you know, being more of like a vegetarian. Yeah. But, you know, again, 
you can find people on both sides that have had results. And, um, yeah. So what, so you're in, I know you're, what camp, now what camp are you in now? <laughs> team keto, Brian. Yeah. I'm a team keto right now. I know my Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. You, you can, you can, I guess, uh, I know you're like more keto carnivorous. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Was that from the beginning or just recently? This has been the last three years of my journey. So we're talking like 2017, 18, 19, 20. Okay. This has been uh, the, the keto. I'd always, I, I had progressively dropped my carbs and seen better results. I think just because I had a lot of insulin uh, resistance built up yeah. from like, I grew up on like diet Cokes and well, yogurt and yogurt packs and like, oh, I, I probably drank cereal. How about oh, cereal? cereal. I used to love, oh I'd eat a box of cereal, you know, like just frosted flakes. Or what was um, uh, I like corn pops okay. personally, okay. but I would mix them up a little Lucky Charms action. Like I'll do that. Um, I never was uh, a corn pops. It got soggy. You know, when it got soggy, it was like, you know, call it a day. Dude, I was like, when I was eight, I was actually 80. I like like raisin bran and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, oh give me some raisin bran. And okay. I, you know, that created interesting bathroom situations for an eight-year-old you know <laughs> but but no like the the more i drop my carbs the better i feel and now keto carnivore meat and bricks sort of a thing with it with the keto brick and um I'm, I'm loving it but it's all in my mind these are all tools in the transformation toolbox and right now the right tool for the job is keto carnivore right who knows what the, the right tool for the job will be next year and i'm open-minded about that Right. Yeah. I look at fasting as the same way. I mean, it's a tool. It's not for everybody, uh, depending on where they are in their lives. Or, I mean, if you're trying to honestly put on mass and build up some bulk, um, you're, you know, fasting might not be the best thing. You know, you might want to eat all day. <laughs> um, but if you're maybe in your middle aged and, and things have waned off a little bit, I think fasting is such a strong tool. How do you use it in your life? Uh, I do daily intermittent fasts. So, but I use a little different feeding schedule than a lot of people because I, I tried the traditional 11 AM to 7 PM window, like that eight hour window. And I don't do real well when so I was eating two meals and I eat a lot of calories. I'm, I'm six foot three and 225 pounds. So I'm not a tiny person. It takes me 3,500 to 4,000 calories to fuel up my body. So me eating 2,000 calories about an hour before I go to bed wasn't a good situation. I just yeah. felt like I wasn't sleeping well, acid reflux, things like that. Uh, I talked to my, my friend, Alexa Sherm, uh, and she, uh, she got a podcast called Simple Roots Radio. It's awesome. Check it out. Oh, yeah. the, um, she recommended that I move my window up. So now I go from... I start eating at 9 a.m. meal one, and I'm done by five. So I usually start my second meal by 4 p.m. Then if I'm in bed, like I go, like I said, I'm 80 years old. I, I go to bed at like 8, 8.30, 8.45 if I'm really feeling crazy. Uh, whenever the kids go to bed, I go to bed after, the, after that. Um, but I get up early too. So right. the, uh, that really helped having three-ish hours of digestion and just being able to chill out. Um, so that works really well for me. So I start at around 9 a.m. I usually work out before that on uh, empty, empty stomach, okay. uh, you know, for maybe 60 to 90 minutes. Then I eat meal one at nine, meal two at four, have a little coffee in between and I'm good to go, bro. Yeah, no, I, that's a good point is like, 
this whole you need a certain window sort of thing. I know like 12, you know, that 16, eight, which a lot of people say, oh, they'll break their fast at noon and then have something at seven, eight. Uh, doesn't, it, I don't think it pertains to everybody for sure. Um, and like for myself, uh, I was sort of the same. I, I, I like to mess around and see what fits best for, for me. I think during the quarantine, I've actually closed my window a little bit and made it where I, I'm like you, I like to sort of have two meals. I feel like I, I sometimes there's days where I do do maybe one meal, but I feel like I'm like trying to fit it in sort of thing, you know, like yeah. ice, you can sort of spread it out. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But some people, you know, a lot of people like just doing one meal a day and I do do, I do like it occasionally, but I just make sure that my eating window doesn't feel like I'm like rushing to eat. Yeah. And the key with me is like, I, I consume a lot of calories. And if I sit down and eat 4,000 calories in one meal, like that's not going to feel comfortable to me. I feel that's going to, and that, you know, being heavier, I can have the tendency like those, those, those demons kind of spark their head up. So I have to be careful with that. I'm the type of guy that if you put that 12, uh, you know, 12 count of donuts in front of me, they're going down quick. Like I, like when I was big, I used to do eating contests and I, oh, I wow. one time I sat down and ate 10 pounds of pizza uh, in an hour. I did like oh 15 God. donuts in five minutes and like <laughs> all these so things. You, you I can put it away. Contests? Wow. Yeah. Local, locally. Local. Like it wasn't like I, I got into big time competitive eating, but yeah. I was a big dude and, and people knew I could eat. So they would invite me. Like my friend opened up a pizza place and he's like, we're going to have an eating challenge. That was when the show man versus food first came out. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, we got a, it was actually a 12 pound pizza challenge and I ate 10 pounds of it as like his test dummy and I couldn't finish the, the other two pounds in the hour. So he put me on the loser wall, my, which my picture is still on the loser wall of Monroe County pizza in, in, <laughs> in Indiana, Bloomington, Indiana. Bloomington. But after I finished it, he decided that was too hard and changed it to 10 pounds, but I'm still on the loser wall, which I, like, I've, I feel like I need to file like a lawsuit against him or something like that's defamation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, well, I mean, 10 pounds. Oh my God. It was hot too, Brian. Like it was out of the oven. So I'm putting it down and it's like warm in the belly. And then I lay down. Must have I tried sick. to like, I tried to just like stretch out because I could feel the dough just like expanding inside my body. <laughs> and wow. that was not, that was not a good thing, man. That was, that was a bad idea. Why don't we talk about now? You, now we know your eating window, right? So like, what's your meal, typical meals? Like, uh, do you like to sort of and yeah, I guess I'll let you run from there, but like your 9am, you, so you work out and you, you break your fast after you work out. Yep. Yeah. So work out and I do like, I, I work out in my, my pod bunker here. I've, you know, I've got a 10 foot commute to my gym. Yeah. I've got a nice like power rack there. I've got a thousand pounds of bar, uh, uh, plates and bumper plates and dumbbells up to 90 pounds and everything I need. Squat rack, all that good stuff. So the quarantine so, didn't bother you. Exactly. It's the same thing. I mean, as a full-time podcaster and somebody who has a gym in their basement, like I don't do anything different than I normally do. I talk to people on Zoom all day and I work out so at, at home. So no difference. Um, everyone else just gets to see what my life is like every day. I'm not sure what everybody's complaining about. I love it. Uh, no. So I will hit the strength training pretty good. Um, I use the, I love Jim Wendler's 531 protocol. I'm a big fan of that book. Um, so that's, that's something that, that's kind of my jam, but then I'll usually break the fast. Like today I've got a good hunk of meat. I had a big uh, sirloin steak in the air fryer. I, I use my air fryer like twice oh, a day. I've heard about air fryer. Dude, I, it's been a game changer. I've been an air fryer guy the last six months and I, 
I loves it. I'm okay. Let me give you guys pro tip on air fryer. And I'm, I'm very thrifty too. So for those of you that are frugal, this, this will uh, tickle your, your frugal taste buds here. Yeah. I, my, my like perfect keto cut of meat to me is a thin sliced chuck eye steak. Hmm. So it's like a chuck. It's like a pot roast cut of meat, but it's cut thin in steak form. And you air fryer that it is delicious. And it's like, 65% fat, like 35% protein. Like it's great keto macros. So Chuck, um, I, Chuck, Chuck I steak. steak. And you can find it for like $350 a pound. Like it is good price. And like you can you can score good uh good Chuck I Chuck I steak. Wow. I'm looking at I've never so, used an air fryer either. Yeah. So sir, today I did sirloin. I did like a pound of uh, sirloin steak. And I did a little coffee with heavy cream and then a half of a toasted almond coconut keto brick. And to wash it down, I did a little shot of olive oil just to uh, right up, right off the spoon, just because I like the way it feels, man. That, that, that's my, that's, that's, that's meal one. And then meal two, I'll usually do like a pound, pound and a half of burger. I just do that in my air fryer. Again, I get the highest fat content I can. Like I, right now I got like, I think 73% fat. Mm. Uh, beef and then I will do another half keto brick and I'll do a shot of uh, I really like uh, Carlson's uh, fish oil uh, the liquid it's got like lemon flavor um, it's good sourcing so I'll do a, a tablespoon of that off the spoon and that's kind of so it's usually like a pound pound and a half of meat half a keto brick a little bit of extra fat in there somewhere in oil form in and broken up into two meals and I keep it pretty darn simple and that's pretty consistent huh do you ever I always talk with people, cheat foods. What's your cheat food? I, I know you talked before some of your other ones, but yeah. Man, like <laughs> it, 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 I don't cheat. Like when I was losing 100 pounds, I would take a cheat meal every two weeks. I don't okay. cheat that often now. Now, like my son had his 10th birthday this last weekend. Right. So my wife made uh, monkey bread. You know what monkey bread is? It's like banana bread or no, no. Okay. That's a good guess though. <laughs> so you take like, you get a biscuit tin, like the biscuit bread or whatever it is. Okay. And you roll it up into little balls and then you stick all the balls together and put like sugar and brown sugar and hmm. uh, what else is in it? It's supposed uh, to be an Indiana thing. Like caramel, not a caramel, but there's like a syrupy mixture that like cements it all together. And you put it in like a circle baking tin and you bake it like a cake. Dude, it's amazing. And I ate the hell out of that for mm -hmm. sure mm -hmm. <laughs> on his birthday. Like something like that. I yeah. like cakey stuff, um, pizza, of course, donuts. That's kind of my, my, my wheelhouse. Right. Um, but even just jamming on a little bit of fruit. Because being keto carnivore, I eat very little fruit, very like no fruit. I eat no fruit. I haven't eaten vegetable in quite a while, but, uh, you know, things like that. Um, and the interesting thing since I cut out fruit and vegetables, Mm -hmm. I've gotten off all my allergy meds, which huh. I talked to our, my friend Danny Vega about this. He's like, it makes sense because they have all these plant, uh, you know, protective mechanisms that keep them alive as plants, and that's what you're allergic to. And but I was like, being in the Midwest, I was a uh, Allegra every morning, no spray every night type of a guy all year long, and I haven't done any of that for like almost a year, a full year cycle. And everyone else around me is having all these allergy things in the Midwest here, and I'm not dealing with it. So that's been a nice little side effect of the no, no veggie, no fruit. Yeah, wow. And um, 
So your carbs are pretty much coming from nothing, right? Other than yeah. the keto, keto break. Yep. Right. Yep. So that, you know, I eat organ meat a lot too. I hunt. So if I have a successful hunt, I'll have some venison liver, things like that. And, you know, there's a little bit of uh, carbs from the glycogen in the liver. But uh, other than that, man, like I don't even nope. eat nuts or anything like that. Yeah, I was going to say no nuts, no dairy. No, no. Yeah. no. Just a little bit of heavy cream. I'll do, I'll do some cheese every, every now and again on my burger, but it's right. not like a, a staple. It's not a lot of keto. Like you talk to keto people about the, the main food groups. It's like coffee with cream, bacon, cheese. And if you take any of those things away, they're pissed, man. So yeah. uh, you can't take away one of those uh, major food groups in, uh, in keto. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Yeah. Um, what would you say? Um, I'm a big morning ritual guy. So I like to sort of t get tips from people regarding like what, what, what the key to, to their mornings are. Cause I think it's just a great way to start the day. I actually just did a podcast on how to crush the morning. So I'm curious yeah. to know what, what your ritual is like in the morning. Well, I think I'm glad you're encouraging a morning ritual. Cause I'll, I think one of the biggest mistakes anyone can make is they go, okay, I gotta be at work at 9am and I know that it's going to take me seven minutes to shower. I'm going to eat for five minutes so I can wake up at 827 and I, then I can race to work and people are waking up stressed out. Oh no, I hit the snooze button. Now I have seven less minutes to, to accomplish this. And they're running in the shower, eating like crap, eating in a stress state, which we know isn't good for us or eating in the car, which we know isn't good for us. And they're just starting their day off with stress. So I tell people like, wake up 45 minutes with buffer, like a 45 to hour of buffer that you can just chill into your day and ease into it and do things that light you up. And like, so that's like my main tip would be if you can spend 30 minutes investing in you uh, with a power 30 or a power hour, then that's going to be a, you're going to get better health results across the board because just because of the, yeah, the, the, the state that you're in, not being stressed out. But with me, uh, I get up, usually at 5 a.m. and from like 5 to 6.15-ish, 6.30-ish, I'm investing in myself. So right. I, I like to drink some water with, I put re, uh, Relight from uh, Redmond's Real Salt in my water. It's the lime flavor. Oh, it's, it's awesome. That way I get some electrolytes in my, my body, rehydrate. And, and you just interviewed the guy, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Daryl yeah. Bouchard from Redmond's, man. Um, that's an interesting story. <laughs> yeah. But putting that in your body. I like, I like to get 20 ounces of water with that in me as soon as possible, just to rehydrate and get those electrolytes going. That's important, especially if you're low carb. So I do that and then I'll stretch and do mobility for like 15, 20 minutes. I'll listen to some podcasts. I usually listen to the newsworthy podcast, which is, that's the only news that I consume also right. because it's not left wing. It's not right wing. It's just like, she just does it in 10 minutes or less. She's my, a friend of the program, Erica Mandy. Uh, fellow Indiana Hoosier alumni, oh, boom. Uh, but she's got a great show. So I listen to that. I stretch, I get informed, uh, foam roll, do some mobility. I've got like arthritis in my back already. I'm 40 years old. I've got arthritis in my back. So I've got to loosen up and do a lot of mobility every single day. And um, so I'll do that. Then I go into my affirmations. I still have that, that ritual that I do. I'll do that for about 10, 15 minutes. I'll review my goals for the day kind of the schedule of the day, what I want to accomplish, my big three things that I want to accomplish for the day. And then I'll usually dive into some creative work where it's free thinking. Um, there is a, a book called The Road Less Stupid. 
by Keith J. Cunningham. It's excellent. I recommend the audio book because he reads it and he's got this like thick, like Texas twang. And uh, he talks about questions you should ask yourself when you're spending. He's a big uh, proponent of thinking time. And that's what I do. I'll spend 20 or 30 minutes of just free thinking. And the book is all about just questions you should be asking yourself that'll cause improvement. And if you guys have ever heard of the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, Mm -hmm. Keith J. Cunningham is Robert's rich dad. So oh. he's the guy that he learned all the stuff from and he's, he's a real, he's very entertaining. So I, uh, I recommend that book, but the road that, less stupid, the road less. And the way he says like the road less stupid. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, he says the word stupid a lot yeah. in the audio book. It's pretty good. <laughs> but um, that's, that's kind of my morning. Then I go up and I invest time in family time. Uh, mm-hmm. I take a lot of pride in, making my kids breakfast and they they're eating healthy and, and doing their thing, getting them ready for school, spending some time with them, spending some time with my wife. We get them off to school and then uh, the work day is off and running. Yeah. I love that. And I, the first thing you mentioned is um, getting up earlier. Like that's like the first thing I put in as you know, how to get the, you know, crush the morning. I mean, if you're rushing, you're not going to get anything done. And, and like you said, this is time for yourself. Um, especially if you have kids, right? I mean, I, I'm, I don't have kids right now. My sister has three kids and I was telling her, I'm like, yeah, take advantage of the morning when everyone's sleeping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's huge. The, the, the house is quiet. No one, uh, so I think if there's one mistake, I mean, there's, I won't even call it a mistake. If there's one shift that I would request people to make during the pandemic, especially, they're all trying to Netflix and chill at night and drink wine and that leads to nighttime eating and then they don't go to bed until 2 a.m., Right. Forget all that mess. Go to bed at nine or 10 o'clock, get up at five o'clock and have two hours to yourself there. You're going to get way more out of that. That's your fitness time. That's your reading time. That's your creative time. That's the time for you. That's the real you time that the evening me time is fluff. It's, it's yeah. not, you're not going to get anything better out of that. I would, I would challenge people to do that for one month and the results will be exponential. I agree. I mean, well, I've always been a morning person. I, I do know some people who perform great at night and they like, they're just night bird, you know, night birds. They're just like night people. They, they stay up to like two and get stuff done. But that's just, I, I couldn't do that. Um, yeah. Those are I, outliers, man. Those, those, yeah, those, those are, are the, like the, the freaks of nature. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's <laughs> impressive. Cause once it gets past, like I try to do like, like you, I try to do all my creative work and things done in the morning. And once it gets past, like, I don't know. Once the afternoon comes, I start to <laughs> lose. Uh... There's, there's an app. Have you ever called, heard of the tap test? There's, okay. And I'm not sure how much I believe in this, but I, I, was, I was definitely believing in it for a while where there's an app. My, uh, a guy named Ari Mizell created this, I believe. And you, during different times of the day, you go with your thumb and you tap on the screen and it measures it for a certain amount of time. You left hand, then right hand. Hmm. And you do it different times of the day. And based off of like your nervous system response and how fast you can tap that thing, it tells you when your most productive work time of the day is. Interesting. And I did There's it for an app for everything. So I'm not, yeah. I'm not surprised. Yeah. And I mean, I didn't do it religiously, but it seemed like it was correct. But mine was definitely more like morning skewed. Yeah, and I noticed you did a podcast on tips to get out of a quarantine rut. This has got to be one of them, right? Get up early, get your stuff done early, right? What were some yeah. of the other tips? 
Well, I mean, the big one is control what we can control. Like, we can't control that necessarily that the pandemic is happening. Like, it's, it's on right. and it's raging and, you know, things are crazy. But taking more of like a stoic thought, like what, what can I control? What is out of my control? Well, I can control what I'm putting in my body, how I'm treating my body. Uh, what I'm watching. That's why I don't get into the news apps and watching news on TV. I just listen to right. Eric and Andy 10, 10 minutes a day. Like I'm controlling the variables that I can control and that helps mitigate a lot of the stress that everyone else is feeling. And yeah, I've had to adjust what I do, how I do business and things like that. Um, but, you know, to be honest, like just because of my focus levels and controlling what I can't control, I've had the best business year of my life. And this has been like 2020 has been a really good year for me personally, physically with my health, with my business, just because I've chose to make it that way. And, and I won't accept anything else. Like this is, this is my one life. Like I'm going to do with it uh, what, I, what I'm, I'm going to do with it regardless of pandemics. And yeah, do I wish I could hang out with friends and family more? Yeah. Do I wish I could get out and speak on stages? Yeah. But that's just not the current situation. I'm not going to waste any of my emotional energy stressing out about that. Yeah, I completely agree. And uh, I, I wanted, I wrote down here, I wanted to, to know uh, as well, because like you lost all that weight going, going back to the weight, you lost all that weight. What was your biggest thing? Because I think people, you know, they lose weight and then they end up getting to this sort of yo-yo dieting where they put it back on it. And you made a point saying that you've kept it off. And that's like, awesome. Like, what would you say a, a tip would be for individuals to keep it off? All right. So yeah. I teach a concept that I call the transformation timeline and there's three phases. And then I like to teach this because it paints a picture that way people can see where they are. And in weight loss, a lot of people are just trying and they're trying really hard in just like a random circle. Like I'm really trying hard, you know? Yeah. Uh, and if you can put a pattern or a path to that effort, then you can say, well, here's where I am on the road. So the three, there's like three, I want you to imagine a, a line across with three columns. Okay. So in the first column, I call this escaping the black hole of weight loss doom, epic name. And so mm -hmm. the black hole of weight loss doom is a, like a cycle. It's a circle where you start off uh, trying something new, you get, lose some weight, you get some initial results, then life happens and we crash and burn and go back where we started. Right. And a lot of people like this is the weight loss journey that they experience their entire life. Right. They start something new. They get some initial results. Life happens. Wasn't ready for that. Crash and burn. Back to where he started. So to escape that first phase, we have to be able to identify, analyze, and plan ahead for what I refer to as transformation danger zones. It's too many people go, oh, that program didn't work. Brian's coaching didn't work. Oh, got to try something different. Adam's coaching didn't work. Oh, got to try something different. It's not that. It's the bottom of the circle. It's the life happened. I wasn't ready for that. I, you know, I went on vacation and I gained 30 pounds and then didn't go back to the gym for three months. Uh, I, you know, had a breakup and gained my weight back. I lost my job or my job schedule changed. I lost a workout partner. I got injured, whatever. We have to be ready to prepare for those life happens moments. Once we can solve that, we can move into the second phase, which is all focused around finding balance between your health and your lifestyle. Mm -hmm. This is where people get to, they escape that black hole and all of a sudden they're, they're outside of their comfort zone. They go, Adam, dude, I can't keep up this pace forever, man. Like I, I can't eat this clean. And I can't work out this much forever. And I'm like, cool. Let's start working on balance. Let's start throttling back on some of this thing. We got progress. We're out of that black hole. Let's start finding balance between 
yes, we're still making progress with our health, but I also feel like I'm not sacrificing so many lifestyle points. And that's different for everybody. So we work to find that in the second phase. The third phase is where we don't gain it back. And this is the important step that a lot of people don't make. I call it new purpose, new identity. This is where you eventually run out of real estate to sell. If I've got 100 acres and I've sold 100 acres, I got no more acres to sell. So you can't always be that weight loss person. You have to say, what's the next thing that's going to get me out of bed? What's that next thing that I'm pumped up about? What's that next thing that's going to get me outside of my comfort zone or make me learn something new to keep me going forward? For me, that's when I started coaching other people. Like that's when I started being a mentor to others and it created a business around it. So I'm locked in tight. For others, it might be, I want to do a powerlifting meet or I want to do a 5K or a mud run or whatever. Or I want to get a modeling contract. Like that's that next thing that's like, how am I going to do this? I got to learn something new. And we kind of go back through that cycle again. And that's the key thing. A good example uh, is like, I've coached some people that, uh, some, some ladies that were like, I got to lose a hundred pounds so I can find love and get married. And they lost a hundred pounds. They found love, they got married and then gained it all back. Yeah. And they didn't find that, that thing. Yeah. yeah. That, that thing. And it, it can't always be about that superficial thing too. Like we got to yeah. dive in deep and it, make it as much about you as possible. Like if you're losing weight for somebody else, you're probably not going to keep the results off. Like that, that's not probably going to work long term. So you got to think about you and, and why you're showing up for you. And that's got to be good enough. And if it's not, you got to level up that why. And so it's an interesting point. So like, you, you know, people lose the weight. They've sort of maybe reached what they wanted to or gotten close to it. And then they don't sort of find that next thing to keep them going. Is, is that like, uh, maybe it's a competition, you know, who knows? Is that sort of, yeah. And the point yeah. and you have to start thinking about that as you lose your weight. Like what's that thing that I want to explore when I hit that weight loss goal? Because you know, in my gym, I'm, I'm a recovering gym owner. And, and I, you know, back in the gym ownership days, we had these dry erase boards and we had like the 30 pound club and the 40 and the 50 and the 60 and the hundred pound club. And as you're one of those people marching along, like you're getting all this, you know, you know, adoration and support and, and everybody's cheering you on. And all of a sudden you're done losing weight and you're like, Oh, where's all that positive mojo that I had. And now you kind of feel like people are waiting for, like, are you going to keep this off? Is this, this going to be, you start to feel that kind of pressure, which is the opposite of what you're used to getting that can really throw you off. So you have to start looking at, you know, I've got this brand new body. I've got this machine. Let's see what it can do. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's see how much I can deadlift. Let's, start training for strength sports or let's do a, you know, a race or, or whatever, something physical like that and just turning the page. But I have to kind of put an asterisk on this too. You can't expect it to be motivational at the same level as that giant weight loss journey. Right. You may never reach that, that level again. Like me going on my hundred pounds, epic, huge, mm-hmm. life-changing, epically health, life-changing forever me competing in powerlifting isn't going to reach that level. Just, it's just not. And we can't, you can't put that kind of expectation. The key is you have that next thing that you're going to just put energy into and focus and it's going to keep driving you forward. Yeah. I love that. And that all made, it reminded me of like, you look at these athletes, 
these professional athletes, like let's just say basketball, where they play, they, that's all they know their whole lives. And they're just, you know, they're in great shape and this and that, and then they stop and they retire and they sort of lose that edge and that competition. Yeah. And you've seen guys sort of go down that, you know, to go the other way and yeah. a bunch yeah. of it. Yeah. They lose their health. They get messing around with drugs. They lose their relationships. Like it, it's, they have that huge focus point and then the, the faucet shuts off. And that's why you have to be able to transition as a human being. We need things that inspire us and we have to keep continuously looking for those. Yeah, no, that's great. And, um, well, that's awesome. And I wanted to touch a little bit. I know we've talked a ton about weight loss and, uh, you have some other things going on. I know you have a, a podcasting business school, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So I, uh, I got about two and a half years deep into the million pound mission podcast and I just had a lot of great connections in podcasting, a lot of passion for talking about podcasting. I was like, yo, I got to just start a podcast about podcasting. <laughs> so I, I initially launched the show. It was called Casting the Pod. And I just want to talk to as many podcasters as possible. I'm still just kind of learning the game and connecting. And then I really became passionate about the business aspect because I discovered that there's so many podcasters that don't make any money that want to create a side hustle that want to like have that dream of like, how awesome would it be to have awesome conversations all day long and monetize that. So I dove deeper into that. I rebranded as podcasting business school. That's what we focus on now. And it's just, it's super fun, man. It's, 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 it's what I love to do. That's awesome. And you've been, a, and since I'm a newer podcast, he's been a big help for me <laughs> for sure. in my early start here and, uh, I guess the one question I ask a lot of people uh, towards the end is, and we've touched on a lot of stuff, is what's one tip you would give an individual that, let's say, wants to get maybe they're middle aged, they want to get their body back to what it once was? Um, what, what's one tip you'd give to that person? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna tweak this and turn it into a challenge. All mm -hmm. right, Brian, and I I do this anytime I speak on a stage or share uh, a platform like yours. I call this my implementation alarm challenge. Okay. So if you guys have been listening to this show and you heard one thing that sparked something and you're like, that sounds like something I need to do, or that's a goal that I need to set, or that's a process that I need to do. Uh, you know, podcast listeners, we're all looking to sharpen the ax. Like we're looking to, to get knowledge, but a sharp ax is no good if we never swing it. All right. So what I want you to do is most of you I know are listening on your cellular device, your mobile phone. Mm -hmm. They all have alarms. Go whatever time it is now, set it, the alarm for 24 hours from right now and just do something in line with that idea, that spark that you had in our conversation here today. I'm not asking you to complete the goal. I want you to view all those dominoes that just got lined up and flick over the first one mm -hmm. to create a chain reaction momentum and do that in the next 24 hours. That, my friends, is how you get better. That's mm -hmm. how you reclaim control over your life, your health, whatever goal that you have. You have to flick the first domino over, but you have to do that. And that's the hardest one sometimes is just initiating momentum. So I'm going to challenge you all to do that in the next 24 hours. And if you do do that, uh, you got to tag Brian on, on social and let him know that you, <laughs> that you did it and that, that it went down. So, uh, so it's, you got to go for it. Set that implementation alarm next 24 hours. Do something before that alarm goes off. And if you forget and that alarm goes off, do something right then. Huh. That I love. I've, I've actually never heard that, but the implementation alarm, 
I like that. I'm going to use that one. Definitely. For sure. There, you just sparked me. Have you heard of the book, The Slight Edge? No. Oh, my God. I'll read it now. Okay. You're going to love that book. I mean, it is so right up your alley. It's called The Slight Edge. L- last name of the author is Olson, I believe. Okay. It's, it's, it's going on my, my Audible audiobook list right now. Yeah. No, check that out. Um, well, where's, where's uh, the best place for people to find out and learn more about you and all, all, all that you're doing? Yeah, man. We got uh, the health brand at Million Pound Mission, millionpoundmission.com, at Million Pound Mission on Instagram. And then uh, the podcasting business brand is podcastingbusiness.school and at Podcasting Business School. And I got a new show launching here within a couple of weeks. Mm. I'm, I'm doubling down yeah. on the podcasting space and it's called Let's Talk About Your Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> is it really? Or you- yeah, it is. Yeah. It really is. It's, it's my third show. And I've got a fourth show coming in January. When's this episode going to go live, Brian? Can we make an exclusive announcement here? It's going to go live. I don't have the exact day. Will it be in 2021 or 2020? It probably will be in 2021. Okay. Then I want you guys to go and check out the Low Carb Hustle podcast with me, Robert Sykes, and Danny Vega, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be your jam. So that's a brand new show, uh, the Low Carb Hustle podcast. That's that's going to be it's going to be good. Yeah, gonna that's awesome. That's awesome. Wow, five pot is that five? Four. Uh, that'll be four podcasts. Four podcasts. Okay. Again, I'm full time. This is what yeah. I do all day, every day, so I can handle it. That's awesome. Well, Adam, thank you for coming on. You've been great. Ton, I ton of great tips for people to implement the implementation alarm challenge. Right. That's right. It's on. All right, Adam. Thanks so much for coming on. All right, everybody. Appreciate you guys listening in. Brian, thank you again for sharing your platform with me. If you guys are listening in, let me just say one last thing. You're in the right place. Brian knows what he's talking about. Stay tuned in. Hit that subscribe button and listen every week. Thanks. Thanks for the plug. Thanks, Adam. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Get Lean, Eat Clean podcast. I understand there are millions of other podcasts out there and you've chosen to listen to mine and I appreciate that. Check out the show notes at briangrin.com for everything that was mentioned in this episode. Feel free to subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend or family member that's looking to get their body back to what it once was. Thanks again and have a great day.